this is Annie, and you're listening to Stuff Mom Never Told You. And today, we're going to talk about a topic a lot of you listeners have requested, the missing and murdered indigenous women of North America. And this is often shortened to MMIW. And to talk about this, I am so happy to be joined with Christine Novis from Seeding Sovereignty. Um, Thank you so much for joining us, Christine. Thank you. Could you tell us a little bit about yourself and about Seeding Sovereignty? Uh, Yeah, um, I'm Plains Cree Salto of the George Gordon First Nation in Saskatchewan, Canada. Um, But I grew up in Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada, which Sometimes I jokingly call the resiest city in Canada. Um, (laughs) And I've been living in Iowa for about 13 years. Uh, I came here to get my degree. I have a degree in a master's degree in religious studies with a focus on Native American religion and culture and a a minor in American Indian Native studies. And Seeding Sovereignty um, is an organization that's been around just for a few years, uh, kind of emerged out of Standing Rock. Um, a woman by the name of Janet McGilvery uh, founded it. Um, and then I started working with Seeding Sovereignty almost two years ago now. And it's a women's indigenous-led organization. Uh, and we kind of do, I don't know what you would call us, to be honest. I have trouble answering that question. Uh, we do uh, media. We do um, a lot of um, writing. Um, we do a lot of uh, community work and organizing. So we kind of do it all. <laughs> I love it. And that's one of the reasons um, I reached out to you. And I'm so glad because <laughs> you're a busy person. Um, I've been chasing chasing Christine down for like <laughs> a year. So I'm really happy this is happening. <laughs> um. But before we get started, I did want to include the legal definition of missing in the United States. So if a woman is a legal adult, 18 or over, she has the right to go missing, to get away from family, friends, or an abuser. To get a person declared as missing by force, you have to reach out to the people in their life and attempt to ascertain the state of mind of the missing person and to determine whether or not the absence was by choice or by force. And proving this can be tricky. So... We're going to start with kind of an overview of the situation in the United States. So, Christine, could you tell us a little bit about MMIW? Yeah, well, um, I'd have to say the acronym itself uh, did not did not start in the United States. Um, it's something that was uh, born out of the, um, the 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 similar situations that are being faced in Canada. Right. And in Canada, actually, I, I believe it was um, the acronym for a very long time was MMYG, MMYWG, Missing, Murdered, Indigenous Women and Girls. Uh, and I I can't be certain, but I'm pretty sure that it's, it could have been a grassroots thing, but also um, the Canadian Mounted Police, the RCMP, they started their own task force. Oh, geez, that must be like 15, 10, 10, 15. 10, 15 years ago now, um, to start looking into this. And they they called it MMIWG. Um, and so um, this issue in Canada uh, is, 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 if not similar, possibly um, worse in terms of statistics. Um, but but this, this is 
not something new either. It's not like this is some um, emerging trend that has become some kind of, you know, like uh, crisis lately. This is just people recognizing what has been going on now since uh, settlers invaded. Um, and and to be honest, you know, the it, it's probably not as bad as it used to be. I mean, if you imagine a few hundred years ago, um, we don't know what happened to many of our people. Um, we have, you know, we have boarding school, uh, graveyards, we have mass um, genocide. So that's MMIW is just like a, it's an ongoing crisis. Yes. Um, and we're going to talk about Canada um, in a little bit because, yeah, there is, there are a lot of alarming numbers out of, out of Canada, but there are alarming numbers out of uh, the United States as well. Uh, 2008. We just try not to distinguish. We just try not to distu- distinguish the border. I guess is what we got to do. We got to abolish border imperialism and realize that that border means nothing to indigenous people. Right. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. That totally makes sense. Um, yeah, I think, and it's always worth keeping in mind, um, like we have numbers from Canada and we have numbers from the United States, but um, these numbers are kind of recent and how in that they've been collecting them and paying attention to them. But like you said, it's ongoing. Um, yes. Yes. But a 2008 report from the U.S. Department of Justice found that on some Native American reservations, the number of Native women murdered was 10 times above the national average. The numbers from the National Crime Information Database out of 2016 put the number of known missing or murdered Indigenous women at 5,712. According to the National Institute of Justice, four out of five Indigenous women have had violent experiences. Homicide is the third leading cause of death for Native women aged 10 to 24 based on numbers from the CDC. And to reiterate, murder is the third leading cause of death. Um, over 50% have experience with uh, domestic violence and sexual assault. Data collected in the years between 1992 and 2001 found that, as compared to all other racial groups, indigenous women were twice as likely to be sexually assaulted or raped. Unlike other races, which are typically assaulted by a member of their own race, Native American women are more often assaulted by non-Natives. One poll found that 36% of Native Americans don't contact the police because they fear discrimination. Yeah, that sounds about right, except um, I think it's more than twice uh, that the um, uh, the uh, Department of Justice has uh, has reported, I think that number's at 56% now. Um, also, if you talk to grassroots activists uh, and you just kind of know what's going on in your community and you know the people, um, that number um, is probably more like 80 or 90% of wow. Indigenous women that will be sexually assaulted or raped in their lifetime. And uh, that number is not occurring, you know, just by our own people, like you just stated. A lot of those cases um, happen by non-Indigenous people. And then um, the other thing is uh, right now there are, as you said, 5,712 uh, women um, indicated missing or murdered in the National Crime Database. But that number itself is also a lot higher um, just because some people might not identify as Indigenous um, 
for some reason, uh, or they aren't identified as indigenous on paper, you know, because mm-hmm. we have it's a we have a really shady <laughs> system going on here in the U.S. and Canada, where you know basically the goal is to whitewash, you know, indigenous people. Eventually, they don't want anybody to technically be able to identify as as, as indigenous because you know then. That means reserves, which means you know money, which means recognition of sovereignty, which is just a real headache for the for the government. Um, and so, not only that, but then uh, you know a lot of these people or um, some of these people that have gone missing, you know, they they might be homeless and they might not have identification on them. Mm-hmm. So um, we know this number is much higher. Just like in Canada right now, they say there's about a thousand, uh, but like a grassroots activists will say there's probably more like four or five thousand. Wow, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. These numbers are really, really distressing, and it comes with like, like they're already distressing, and it comes with that recognition that it's probably far worse, like definitely far worse. Yeah, it it usually is in Indian country. Um, people don't realize the 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 conditions that a lot of um, indigenous people are living in. Uh, they, they, there's this weird myth out there that somehow casinos are creating these lavish lifestyles for us, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, which is far from the truth. Right. Um, so, uh, so another number I have that I found is really, really upsetting. Uh, in Washington State, where Native Americans make up less than 2% of the population, they comprise over 5% of the 1,800 missing person cases. The FBI looked into 16 deaths, most of them of Native women, that took place on Washington State's Yakima Reservation in the mid-2000s. The victims' bodies had been found between 1980 and 1992, and the high number had some in the FBI convinced they were dealing with a serial killer. When they released a report on the findings in 2009, they came to the conclusion that these murders weren't the work of a serial killer or any one person. Ten out of the 16 cases were deemed probably uh, as homicides. Um, The rest were listed as accidental drownings, hypothermia, or unknown. Um, And then the attention of the FBI and media in the country completely moved on. Um, Yeah, that's not uncommon. Yeah, this, um, again, these numbers uh, might not be accurate, um, because uh, there are a lot of cases that are deemed hypothermia mm-hmm. um, when, in fact, there are these these victims have bruises on their body, right? And you have to wonder what that's about. Um, hypothermia is an often it's it can be considered one of the more go to, um, I guess cause of death for uh, police because um, it's not an uncommon occurrence on reservations. It's one of the saddest facts um, that we deal with um, is that we have a real lack of transportation mm-hmm. uh, on reservations. Um, also, a lot of people just don't drive or have access to vehicles. And so they end up having to walk long distances between you know, uh, houses or wherever it is they're trying to get to. Um, and, and hypothermia is a real thing on reservations. Mm -hmm. Um, there are so, if you start researching it, it's just really sad. There are so many devastating cases. Um, I know of one personally, of a father and his two small girls that, that, that died trying to get home. Um, and it, it just, it's, it saddens me. Um, and so because of that, 
um, sometimes that's used as as a as a cause of death, and then the investigation doesn't go any further. Mm-hmm. Um, this reminds me as well right now when you're talking because you're talking about the Northwest. Um, this reminds me of up north in Canada. Um, uh, it's a it's a highway. Um, and it's called the Highway of Tears, and it's in British Columbia. It's about an eight, 800-kilometer stretch of highway um, mm-hmm. that goes from Prince George. Uh, uh, it connects it, 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 um, it connects Prince George and Prince Rupert, anyways. Um, and it's, like, kind of infamous. Uh, right now, I think there's 18 unsolved cases uh, of missing and murdered uh, and uh, women there, mostly First Nations. Um, but the number that grassroots people, again, um, tell us is that there's probably as high as 50 women that have been killed on that highway. Um, you know, and again, let's get, we, we get back to these, this idea of a serial killer. Um, there there have been known uh, serial killers uh, that have attacked um, some women um, in the U.S. and Canada. Uh, and um, actually, I think just as recently as I think I just read an article a few days ago about a, a trucker that had pictures of indigenous women in his truck. And I think he had killed two or three of them. And one woman identified herself in just some like Facebook picture. They, they were trying to find out who this woman was mm-hmm. just in case she was missing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because they didn't know who it was. Um, and then she saw this and that picture had been taken of her like 20 years ago. And the guy was riding around with it on the dashboard of his truck. Oof. A white guy. Yeah. Um, I think what it comes down to is for, well, first of all, okay. First of all, because of the genocide, the colonization, we have a lot of sickness in our communities. Yes, we do have high rates of domestic violence. We do have high rates of abuse. We do have high rates of uh, drug abuse, alcoholism. We do have those rates for sure um, because we are dealing with the aftermath of, um, you know, the loss of our land, uh, our culture, our language, you know, so much. Mm -hmm. And though we are rebuilding and though we are doing amazing things all over because I don't like to just like... Um, lament mm-hmm. about the things that have happened. I also like to look at all the wonderful, beautiful things that are happening, the revival of so much of, of our of our culture. Um, the fact remains is we still are dealing with a lot of sickness within our communities. However, um, outside of our communities, um, the, the settler descendant uh, population, to be honest, I don't think that there, I don't think a lot of these people have yet have to realize that we are human beings. Mm-hmm. I, I do feel that there um, is this um, view of indigenous women as accessible and um, usable and more as an object rather than a human being. Mm-hmm. Um, 90% of Indigenous people will experience violence in their lifetime at the hands of a non-Native person. That's both women and men. Um, and so that just goes to show you that um, we, we, when we are still dealing with institutionalized racism, with um, uh, blatant racism, violent racism, sexual racism, we're dealing with a, a very, very dark 
and um, ingrained um, type of thinking that is still very much embedded uh, in settler descendant society. Yeah. Um, if you, you've kind of been talking about, about it a little bit, but could you describe what it is like on these, these reservations for people who, who don't know? Well, every reservation is different. Right. So that's something I like to make, you know, sure that I let people know. Um, but uh, the fact remains is they're very rural most of the time. And so there's not, there's not a lot of infrastructure in place, mm-hmm. um, you know, for people to, to go to necessarily. Um, also, uh, we have um, not very high budgets often for our own police departments, and we have to rely on, you know, uh, state or uh, BIA uh, programs. Um, the... Um, you know, there's a lot of poverty. Mm-hmm. Some reservations, on some reservations in the U.S., uh, the um, unemployment rate is as high as 80%. Um, and that's not for lack of people wanting a job. It's like, what are you going to do on the reservation? There's not necessarily thriving uh, businesses there. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's, it's definitely... Um, it's it's definitely an issue that that is being of course um looked at you know i like to think of um some of the there, there's some there's some reservations out on the west coast and they're they're doing really great you know they have um some casinos or like the cherokee nation um they 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 started out with you know gaming but then they've like they've they've uh, branched out and now they have a lot of businesses. The difference with what we do with our money is a lot of people, they do end up receiving um, like money from this these businesses, like it's called a per cap. And so sometimes they do see, receive some money to help them, but it's not like it's like some kind of like, it's like, it's like, you know, <laughs> enough to like, to, to take care of yourself. You know, it's just like mm-hmm. a little bit of money that you get. Um some of them on the West Coast, yeah, they do make some great money. Uh, but in general, um, reservations do deal with a lot of poverty. Um, but also they deal with a lot of um, cultural revival, fantastic programs that are trying to revive language and um, schools, for instance, that are focused on, you know, traditions and cultures. And um, that's that's what it's like. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. Um and when we're talking about this issue, this problem problem is not like that's that's downplaying it, but of missing and murdered indigenous women, um, federal laws certainly don't help the situation, right? Yeah. Um, are you talking about maybe VAWA, for instance? Or, or no, not VAWA. VAWA would help. But are you talking about like the lack of the of our ability to prosecute non-natives? Yeah. Um <laughs> yes, a lot of things, but there any that you would like to speak to, yes. Yeah, um there is a definitely a lack of an ability for uh for our nations to prosecute non-natives. So, in a lot of cases, uh nothing happens. It's doesn't that just blow your mind? Like they yeah. might actually know who did it, 
but they can't do anything about it. Yeah. Um, and then what happens, it kind of falls into this black hole and it seems like nobody wants to pick it up. Like maybe the state should pick it up or maybe this is something the federal government needs to deal with or, you know, the, or should it be, you know, the, the nation itself that can, should be able to, do, but, but it just, that's what's been happening. A lot of these cases fall into these, what I call a legis, uh, legislative black hole. Um, and, and so what happened uh, in 2013 is with the Violence Against Women Act, which started, I think, back, it's been around for 25 years now. So it was in the 90s that they, that was actually implemented. Um, is uh, they, they, st- they, they um, put into it stipulations mm-hmm. uh, that focus on uh, Native American people that um, address this issue exactly. And so now we actually do have more say on what happens with these people and we are able to prosecute them on our nations. Um, the problem is, is it's still not happening that is as much as it should be. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I don't know why, um, but it just feels like a lot of people just don't want to touch it. And, and so that's, to, for me, uh, VAWA needs to go one step further and 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 make things pretty black and white you know like if you do something to somebody on a reservation that nation has 100 percent uh dominion to prosecute you mm-hmm. uh because right now it's still it still doesn't say that uh-huh we have some more of our conversation for you listeners but first we have a quick break for a word from our sponsor back. Thank you, sponsor. I have um, Savannah's Act from North Dakota. Um, yes. Yes. Uh-huh. Could you speak to that one? Savannah's Act. Yeah. Um, still not passed, which mm-hmm. <laughs> is really sad. I'm trying to think of the guy's name. Oh, geez. It really bugs me that I can't think of his <laughs> name right now. Of course, he's a Republican. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know how a Congress. Uh, person has the right to just say no to, and you know, they don't want to vote and yeah. then they can completely stall mm-hmm. a piece of legislation. Just one person can do that. But, um, so that, that was stalled. And what really sucks is it, it was stalled before um, Congress went on break. Mm-hmm. And so then when they got back, they're going to have, they, they had to start all over again. But then, as you know, the government shut down. <laughs> Right. So, <laughs> like, it's just like there's always something, you know. Mm-hmm. However, there is some really fantastic, badass, you know, congresswomen now um, that are like, you know, like in, you know, there. Like, we've got Sharice Davids and Deb Haaland, and they're like, they're not going to take no for an answer. And so they are definitely going, I hope, make sure that Savannah's Act passes. Um, I'm also right now thinking of... Uh, Ruth Ann uh, Buffalo uh, in South Dakota, who's been uh, working really hard to try and make sure that gets passed. Um, and and to, to be honest, um, it's not just Savannah's Act. In, in our states, in individual states, um, there's uh, a lot of people that are uh, trying to, to get different uh, legislation passed. And um, I'm, I know Deb Haaland, 
just talked about uh, legislation that um, they're trying to pass in New Mexico. Um, right now uh, in uh, Minneapolis, mm-hmm. um, they are trying to pass a, a task force, uh, something akin to what the RCMP were doing up in Canada that uh, really takes a look at everything and and um, figures out like what the what like what the problem is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you know what's going on in Minneapolis, but we have ports that women a lot of women are sex trafficked to, uh, and then they end up on these ships um, as you know, well, sex slaves basically. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's pretty disturbing. We have a very high native population in uh, Minneapolis, and to be honest, a lot of women from where I'm from. Winnipeg, uh, and like, um, like, and Manitoba, and like Ontario and Saskatchewan, they um, they end up getting kind of trafficked down into these areas. Mm-hmm. And people think that sex trafficking is like you end up on the other side of the world, like in Russia or something. And right. in a lot of cases, they just end up like at some other place in the continent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um- and and real real quickly, could we step back a bit and talk about um, Savannah's Act and what that would, if it was passed, what it would do? Uh, yeah, Savannah's Act. Uh, it, it it's a recognition, first of all. Okay, it's a recognition that um, uh, there are, there are some on some reservations that like indigenous women are murdered at more than ten times the national average. Mm-hmm. It's um, it's a recognition that we you know of that we are going to experience uh, violent crimes in our lifetime, and that it's there's a lack of cooperation uh, on investigations between like um, different uh, law enforcement agencies right now. So like it's recognizing that because there's a lack of cooperation, um, things don't happen. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's. It's a really strange phenomenon that indigenous people fall into. Um, and it can make things move very slowly, mm-hmm. which is not what you want to happen when you're looking for a missing person. Um, and so I think what Savannah's Act wants to do is institute a database, um, which would allow for, uh, you know, to, to, to look at trends. Uh-huh. Um, and to keep track of of such things, there's um, and then obviously like create a task force to figure out like what is happening and how can we fix that. Mm-hmm. Um, and just so you know, there is a database that's already been created by an indigenous woman. Um, her name is uh, let me think for a second, Anita Lucchesi. And she's the executive director of uh, the Sovereign Bodies Institute. Mm-hmm. And she created um, a database, a missing and murdered Indigenous women database. And I think at the moment, she's got at least 5,000 people in there. Wow. And she's got many different indicators so that you can look things up based on like what it is you're trying to, like, to know, region, tribe, age. Um, you know, I was actually... Um, uh, talking to uh, somebody that was working with her recently and asking if they could possibly start uh, putting in information about pipelines mm-hmm. um, and uh, man camp construction sites, if if there's any like uh, correlation to that, because we know there is. Mm-hmm. 
when um, these people come in to start building uh, pipelines and you know larger construction sites in rural areas, they they set up these man camps and these man camps create havoc in communities. Uh, they the, the the rape and murder rates uh, increase, uh, and often they are um, you know on or near uh, you know reservations. Uh, some of the stories I've heard are so distressing. Um, it's too hard to talk about um, the stuff that happens that I've heard from these man camps. It's just a lot of these men that come into these uh, camps are, I, I, I don't want to say like a lot actually, because I don't know, to be honest, that would be speculating. Mm -hmm. But what I do know from what grassroots people have told me and from what I've read is that some of these people are undesirables and that they're doing these jobs because they are transient jobs and because they're easy to get. Mm -hmm. And I don't think they do background checks. Mm -hmm. So you get these groups of uh, these concentrated groups of men in areas that are already vulnerable, that already have people dealing with their own crisis mm -hmm. of the aftermath of a genocide. And that's a really bad combination. Yes, that is a terrible com combination. Yeah. Um, that's, um, we'll definitely have to include that database uh, in the, the notes for this episode. That's really amazing. Yeah, it's at um, sovereign-bodies.org, I believe. Because cool. it used to be MYW, but that she changed the. So yeah, it's, it's just Sovereign Bodies Institute. I think you'll find it. Perfect. Um, and we've already been talking about uh, Canada a little bit. Um, the we mentioned some of the numbers. It's they're very, very <laughs> they're disturbing, um, and there it is a big conversation in Canada right now when it comes to laws. Uh, attempting to be passed. Um, I don't know if you could talk about some of those things or some of the, the things in Canada that are happening around this. Oh, geez. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Small questions on this well, show. Well, it's been happening for a long time. Um, there's been a recognition that this is an issue in Canada um, for quite some time. Um when I say there's been a recognition, I mean, it's not like our people haven't known that already. So our right. people have always known this and, you know, it's just, it's part of business as usual, unfortunately, mm -hmm. uh, in Indian country uh, to know that your life doesn't mean as much as um, a white person's life. And however, um, you know, the Royal Canadian Mounted Police has, has recognized this um, uh, for about, I don't know, a, I'm going to I'm going to guess 20 to 25 years they've they've been recognizing it. Mm -hmm. Um but haven't really done anything I said until about I think about 15 years ago. Um when they started their MMIW and uh, MMIWG task force. Mm -hmm. So you wanted me to talk about sorry um <laughs> Harper for instance I see you mentioned Harper in here. Um this issue wasn't on his radar, yes, of course. Um <laughs> I don't know if I, I Trudeau seems to have um, 
a better understanding of this issue, except right now Indigenous people are mad at him in general because he's not recognizing our sovereignty. Um, and so it's really hard to trust somebody to do something about this crisis when in essence they're not, they're also just allowing, you know, pipelines and, and all sorts of other um, devastating projects to go through our territories, which we should have the right to say no to. Yeah. So it, it's such a complicated phenomenon because, you know, these people say, oh, we recognize there's this crisis of Indigenous women that are, you know, and it's not just women, by the way. Mm -hmm. Like, this is people. Like, I, I tend to want to um, call this an MMIP issue because um, our men, from what I've been told by um, a fellow grassroots activist who actually does this for a living search for Native people, she tells me that she thinks our men go missing at um, higher rates. Really? But because they're not caregivers, they're not necessarily um, reported. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, you because in a lot of cases, the mothers are the caregivers of our children, like they go missing quicker is, you know. Mm -hmm. And so, um, but anyways, back to what I was saying, the, the issue that I see is that body sovereignty is very much linked to land sovereignty. When the, the, the settler invaders came to colonize this land, the process of that is to, to take the land, you know, uh, you know just to take it because it's mm -hmm. free real estate uh, for the sake of, you know, living on it and then extracting the resources from it. In, in it. And then in the process, you have to mitigate the local population either through, you know, annihilation, assimilation or slavery. And so one of the one of the one of the tactics that's that's used is to attack the woman, to to dismantle the family units, um, and to uh basically to cause uh just a basic shutdown of the functioning of a tribe, and that is to um you know rape the woman, kill the woman. Uh, do all sorts of there. There, I mean, I, I, there's stories that I just, I, I, I don't know if your listeners want to hear. Like, there's just, there are stories that are just so atrocious that it's, it's hard to believe that human beings would do this to one another. And so, this right here is, and I know I seem like I'm going off on a tangent, but. <laughs> This right here is exactly it, though, because they don't see us as human beings. And therefore, we don't have any body sovereignty um, in the quest to take the land. Our body sovereignty is removed. Right. And it's still, it still has not come back. It's, we're still fighting to revive that. We're still fighting to to own that in a way, you know, um, mm -hmm. we're, we're not as safe um, as your regular white person. Yeah. And um, there was obviously we, I, I did some research on the media coverage around this and that, that was something that I ran into that unfortunately didn't surprise me, but 
um, that it took a white woman going missing for authorities to look into um, what what was, I think it was the Highway of Tears. Um, it turns out eight of the women who went missing previously were white, but reporters mistakenly thought they were indigenous, so they didn't really report on it. And then, um, yeah, when it was a, a white woman, then suddenly it was like, oh, yeah, let's look into this. So that's definitely a piece of what we're talking about, and it's it's unfortunate and terrible. It it really is. Um, you know, you know when there's a white person that goes missing, you see the the picture all over the place, right? Yeah, like all over the the nation, even, mm-hmm. and it's on national news. Um, how often do you see that for an indigenous woman or a black woman? Or like a, a Latina woman, yeah, like never. I mean, you just really don't. No, it's just, and I, I, it, <laughs> it's just sometimes like the institutionalized racism that like is that like runs this country like just blows my mind. Like I can't. It's almost like I, I can't believe that. I, I it's, mm-hmm. it's almost like I'm in some different dimension. Like, is this a joke? You know. Mm-hmm. Like, how is that a thing? How is that a thing right now in this day and age? But then I remember, you know, the civil rights movement and the red power movement, that was only like, what, 60 years ago? Mm-hmm. I mean, are we really going to wipe out like, you know, uh, 500 years of genocide and colonization like that happened before that, like just from the past 60 years? No. I mean, like some of the people that were in those revolutions are still living today. You know, my grandmother went to a residential school. My grandfather did. Um, And so like, I'm just like two generations away from like uh, being beaten for speaking my language and probably, you know, um, sexually, you know, assaulted um, and, and, you know, a high likelihood of even being murdered just because I'm a native person attending a forced into a residential school. So I'm only two generations away from that. Yeah. Um, and, and actually not really, not even uh, my aunt uh, also went to the same residential school that um, my grandmother went to. So to be honest, I'm just one generation away from it. Yeah. Um <laughs> that yeah it's it's so uh there's so much work to be done um we have a little bit more that we want to touch on but first we're going to pause for a quick break for a word from our sponsor and we're back thank you sponsor and i'm I'm glad that we're having this conversation and that you're you're here to to hopefully bring this like the attention at least some of the attention that it deserves that we've been ignoring it for so long. Um are there are there things that listeners can do um resources for them um yeah I I like to give people something that they can they can do. Um, I would like them to support the, uh, database, um, that I was talking about earlier mm-hmm. that Anita Lucchesi has been working on. Um, 
I would like them to call their local um, legislator and ask them to push through the Savannah Act and the Survive Act. Um, I would like them to get to know uh, the local tribe in their area. Um, it's through unity that we can make a difference. It's through people getting to know us um, and 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 humanize us basically that they're going to understand uh more of what's going on um that this issue just doesn't affect uh you know indigenous people either you know it affects us all because this is um a part of the human condition um by looking at what's happening with indigenous people as well like you know you have an understanding of sex trafficking that's happening everywhere to all people mm-hmm. um it's it's a really it it's an issue that affects everybody. Um, I'd like to see people push to see VAWA reauthorized because right now it's it's um it didn't get reauthorized on February fifteenth um, when the government started up again. The the Democrats say they didn't. They're the ones that stopped it from uh, being reauthorized because they want to do something to it. Um, Hopefully, it's to uh, fix the, I don't know if you know what Trump did to the definition of domestic violence, but it was very quietly done. He gutted the definition of domestic violence in in VAWA. So whereas it used to be quite expansive and it took years to get to that point and it talked about um, emotional violence, it talked about uh, uh, psychological, all those other you know, issues. Um, right now, it's just like one line. Uh, that's a very much um, and like very much just like a, a judicial definition. You know, uh, domestic violence is violence uh, committed on one person uh, by another that blah 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 lives in their household or something like that. Like yeah. that's that's what it. You can look at the, I have, um, I think if you can, somebody has taken screenshots of what it used to look like and you can, we can find it online, but like, um, it was much more expansive. And so I, I, you know, I'd like to see people like talk about that and, and see if they can get that changed. Um, you know, like figure out what's going on in your own state. Like yeah. right now there are, um, like I said, you know, Minnesota is working on their own MYW task force, New Mexico, um, a few other states, um, South Dakota, um, possibly North Dakota, if I can, I can't remember. Um, But, you know, like every state should have its own task force. Mm -hmm. And so that, that's really important. Um, You know, there's, there's some amazing um, grassroots, uh, organizations um, uh, like uh, White Buffalo Calf Women's Society in South Dakota that they've been around for a long time. I think like, geez, um, 30 or 40 years and they've been doing this work uh, to help women in their community for a long time. Um, the Brave Heart Society, same thing. Um, and you know, we need to recognize that there are people in the reservations uh, or in inner city urban um, communities where there are high populations of native people that have seen this issue and have been trying to deal with it for a very long time. And we need to recognize that, you know, I'm just a voice 
for um, right now for a lot of these people that are doing the work on the ground. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I want to, I want these people recognized um, or not, you know, and their work that needs to be recognized. A lot of people don't know about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it, it doesn't take much to figure it out or to find out what's going on, you know, because we have the internet now. You can pretty <laughs> much find out anything you want. Yep. Yep. It's there for, for you. Yes. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm so, so happy to have this conversation with you. Is there anything that you want to talk about before we, we close out? There's always events going on. That's the other thing. Um, you know, look into, um, it's called the coalition to stop violence against native women. Mm-hmm. And um, it's www.csvanw.org. Um, so you can find a lot of information on this page. Great. Perfect. And also, I don't want people to forget that um, the LGBTQ community uh-huh. is also highly targeted as well. Um, you know, not only is there a lot of um, hate geared towards this community, but then, you know, become indigenous on top of that, uh, you know, you're dealing with some serious um issues in terms of like you know your safety so i just thought that would be important to mention absolutely absolutely um thank you so much for for joining us today this has been so it's been such an a a very (laughs) i'm so glad that you're here to have this conversation I'm so glad that like after I've been a year, I've been like, we've got to get Christine. <laughs> I will not stop. <laughs> and so I'm, I'm just thrilled that you that you joined us today. Thank you. I just want to end um, by um, honoring all of the you know ancestors that have gone before us and um, all of the tenacious people that have managed to keep our um, cultures and our languages intact that are helping us get through this and all of the people on the ground that are doing this work um, first and foremost. um, I, I really want them. I really want to say thank you to all of them because this is not easy work. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Is there are there places that the um, the listeners can find you or work that uh, they can check out online that you'd like to share? Um, yeah, well, you can go on um, Seeding Sovereignty on our blog, and I've got some stuff there. I do have a couple of articles um, on Bustle, mm-hmm. uh, you know, B-U-S-T-L-E. Um, one of them speaks specifically about uh, VAWA, uh, another one I wrote uh, last year about um about this issue missing and murdered indigenous women so um there's a couple articles i have up on bustle for that yes and you listeners should check them out they're they're wonderful um (laughs) thank you so much again for joining us christine thank you and i really appreciate it and i hope you have a great day you too um (laughs) i appreciate it so much if you listeners would like to write to us, you can. Our email is momstuff at howstuffworks.com. You can also find us on Twitter at momstuffpodcast and on Instagram at Stuff Mom Never Told You. Thanks as always to our producer, Andrew Howard. And thanks to you for listening. Mm-hmm.